Hey, actor, whether you're a listener of our podcast or just in search of some coaching, we're so happy you found us. Do you know how Speak LA got its name? Well, when we first arrived in Hollywood, we quickly realized there was a language to this business that we didn't yet speak. The language of the film and television business, the language of the Hollywood entertainment industry. Here at Speak LA, we teach new actors to speak that language fluently. You have a lot of training, but you don't yet know how to conquer the biz. Like many of us, you wish there was more of a template. You wonder, how do I get an agent? Do I even need an agent? How do I get auditions? Do I need to live in Los Angeles to have a real career? How do I meet casting directors? Is social media important to my success? Why is it so hard to book work? Why isn't my career happening faster? Am I running out of time? No, but you have come to the right place. We have coached hundreds of new actors in the business of acting, helping them achieve their unique goals. We're your new best friends here to help you navigate this business the right way. We want to save you money. We want to help you avoid the scams. We want you to be a working professional actor filled with joy, confidence, and success. To work with us or for more information about the membership, go to ispeakla.com. That's ispeakla.com. Today's episode of Speak LA, the podcast is sponsored by Actors Connection. Before we begin, one of the things we most often hear from our listeners is how hard it is to find an agent. If this is something you are struggling with, go to I Speak LA and download our free agent package now. There's no shame in not having an agent, but we want to help you get one. So go to ispeakla.com and grab the free agent guide now. Our guest today, Kimber London, is beyond all labels and definitions. A gender-fluid producer, creative director, and writer and content creator with a background in music, professional modeling, and acting, London infuses creativity and consciousness into every project. Kimber is also a top model, which is what we're focusing on today. How old were you when you moved to LA? I was... Let's see. I was 23 years old when I moved to LA. Did you know anyone here? I did not know anyone in LA except for my roommate, which was my cousin. How much money-ish did you have? I had a couple hundred dollars to rub together, probably. (laughs) Where in LA did you live? Well, I moved to LA a couple different times. The first time was Manhattan Beach. The second time was West Hollywood. What was your first job in LA? My first job in LA was massage therapy. And how many days, months, weeks, years did it take of living in LA until you felt like it was your home? I would say LA felt like home within the first six months. Wow. If, if you had to sum up LA in one word, what would it be? Ambition. Mm, I love that. Ambition. Kimber, we are so excited to have you today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So much. <laughs> Thank you. This, Thank is you. A, this is a special moment for me because I actually knew you a very, very long time ago when I was first teaching at the University of Washington. So it's fun to see your face. 
<laughs> yes. Way back in 2010, I want to say. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, I'm just excited because it's been so fun to see everything that you've done. I mean, I've known you as an actor and then I've seen you as a model. I've seen all the things that you've been doing in your life. Um, and I just would love to start with, let, let's just start with, did you always know that you wanted to be an actor or did you always know you wanted to be a model? How did this, how did this, this career happen for you? So that's a great question because my whole life I've always acted and I started acting around five years old. I was in backyard plays and really interested in school productions. I actually ended up acting a lot in high school. I did um, mostly theater. I ended up my senior year writing a play and producing it and directing it for the stage of one act play. And that was a really exciting experience. And it really just fueled my love for theater, which I took into university. And as you know, Camille, I met you at the University of Washington through the professional actor training program that you were a part of, um, that Rain Wilson also was a part of. And I think Joel McHale, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was, yeah. so, I mean, it's, it's so funny because I think of you, I mean, I know about what an amazing actor you are. So it's, it's, it's fun for me to kind of hear about like the beginnings of, of how you started. But so you, you came to the University of Washington, which I know, obviously, but then you eventually got to LA. So can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up in LA, why you ended up in LA, why you chose LA? Yes, sure. So I ended up after three years in university, I was just going through sort of a quarter life crisis. And I didn't know if academics was where I wanted to be. I've always been a creative person. And I ended up leaving and I moved to Arizona for a time. And I moved there with um, my girlfriend at the time. And then that relationship ended. And I found myself in San Diego for a summer with my cousin who was going to USC that fall. So she was like, look, I'd, I'm going there by myself. I have a house with two bedrooms, want to move with me. And I thought, wow, I've always wanted to go to LA. Why not? So I ended up going to LA. She said she'd put me through massage therapy school um, because I'd always thought about doing massage therapy. And then um, <laughs> when I got to LA, I was really kind of just going through a lot. And so I shaved my head and I, you know, as one does. And I, I remember when that happened, I said, oh, there I am. Like it, it's me. And so I started getting scouted by photographers in Los Angeles and I would get, people were noticing all over. I mean, this was 2013 shaved heads for at least, um, Caucasian, uh, women and, and folk were not really hitting the runways until 2015. So, um, other than Demi Moore and, you know, Natalie Portman, um, that wasn't really a thing. So my look really stood out and photographers would pull me out of coffee shops and, and sort of, you know, it, it happened all the time. So I was like, okay, I've got something here. Um, I was focused on massage therapy at a three month program. I finished that up and I had been doing a lot of photo shoots. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, I mean, before I'd looked down on acting, right. Sort of, or not acting before I had looked down on modeling because as an actor, you're kind of like, you know, it's modeling. Like it's, you know, it's not as like, it's not as sophisticated as acting. Like there's not much to it. And I mean, there's not as many lines, which is beautiful. And there's 
decent paychecks. So that's also nice. But I looked down on it until I started doing it and exploring my gender expression through modeling. And I realized modeling is really powerful because there's not many words. And so you really have to convey things with your body. And that's when I was in LA the same time as you, Camille, and I started taking your advanced character studies. And those classes were transformative for me. You are the best acting coach I've ever had. And you really got into the body of character and building character in the body. And that was huge. That was such a breakthrough for me because we get so caught up in memorization and lines that, you know, it really, you have to build that character for the ground up. What are the, what are the twitches? What are the mannerisms? All that stuff. So I was still dabbling in acting at that time, but I decided to submit um, to agencies and I was like, Oh, I'm going to submit to Wilhelmina and vision and Q and Ford and next and, every single one of them said no, like pretty immediately. And I was crushed because I was like, okay, I have this look, but nobody wants me. And I was naive at the time. And I tell this to models that I work with now, um, you need to recognize that a portfolio is what you need before you get into anything. It's the same with acting, your reels, your resume. LA wants what you have to offer. You know, who have you worked with? What clients have you, you know, engaged with? And what kind of caliber of, you know, diversity can you show in your looks? So I had a very small portfolio. And then I also, it just wasn't the time in LA for my look. This was, this look was more avant-garde. It was more New York. It wasn't seen as commercial, which now we've seen commercial as a totally different thing. It's actually representing everyone. And, you know, looks like mine are not eccentric, although I still get those in my casting inbox, but that's kind of my journey. I ended up leaving LA for five years and doing um, modeling in Seattle. I did a bunch of runways. I did fashion weeks and everything and ended up back in LA in 2018. And I got signed within 30 minutes of going out. I got signed to Q Models. So it just goes to show it's, it may not be your time right now. There's windows, there's trends, there's looks and they come and go. And so, yeah, it was, it was my time. And I started getting a lot of non-binary roles and that's actually one of the reasons I was signed to my agency. And so that's long story short. Um, you know, I transitioned from the acting world into modeling cause it, it did fall into my lap, but it took, it took time to work at it. It wasn't overnight. Yeah. Well, I would, I would rephrase that and say it didn't so much fall into your lap as much as that it sounds to me like you were very open to you know, that expression, ride the horse in the direction it's going. And you, you, you know, whether it was moving from San Diego to Los Angeles or, you know, transitioning from acting to modeling, it sounds like you just had an open heart and open mind to all of it, which, which um, you know, how important do you think that is? Oh, it's huge. You got to be able to say yes to the things that scare you and the things that matter. I mean, you can always say no later. And I think it's, it's so important to say no as well to things. But like I said, you, you don't know until you've tried it. And so I was able to, my first photo shoot was actually a guy at a party, super unsafe, met a guy at a party. He wanted to shoot on a rooftop in LA and it ended up being implied nude. <laughs> Just letting people know, don't get naked on a rooftop with a stranger. That's usually not the way you want to go. But the photos turned out super cool. It was actually really cathartic for me to get over like 
my breakup and transitions and everything. It was beautiful. They were very tasteful photos. He wanted to submit them to Treats Magazine. And I said, no, those photos have never seen the light of day, but they were for me. And he respected that, which is good because that's not everybody's story. So yeah, it was, it was definitely something that I decided to go with and say yes to. And I'm super glad that I have because it's, it's been a 10 year career for me at this point. Kimber, what would you say to actors listening today um, who might think, this is really interesting and, you know, maybe modeling is something I could pursue, but I think maybe I don't look the right way to be a model? That's a great question. And if this were 10, 15 years ago, I would say you need to find your type. You know, if you're not this look, like I'm very realistic with people because I, I work with models, actors, and musicians through a program that I call Model Mastermind. And models aren't just models. You're just a, a person with a look, right? Well, you have so much else, so many other facets to who you are. It's it's not just about that. But yeah, 10, 15 years ago, I would say not everyone had a shot. You know, it was very much very white, very light hair, blue eyes, very straight and very skinny. And that has completely shifted. I started seeing it shift in 2018 when I got fully signed and into the industry. And, you know, we started embracing different sizes, different abilities, models who are trans, models who are mature. Um, And that's really been so encouraging. And I encourage a lot of my models. Now you do not have to look a certain way. You know, you can be what the world considers conventionally ugly, but we saw some pretty funky and interesting looking models at, you know, in Gucci runways and, you know, in Versace and Prada and all these like big high fashion shows, it's actually cool to be different now. So it doesn't matter what your look is. It, is important to know where you fit within, like I said, the trends. It may not be your time, you know, but if it is, go for it. You know, gap teeth and like uh, models who have tattoos, that's totally, totally commercial now. You know, we're really seeing my look is commercial now. Before, it was not something that you were going to see in e-commerce. Now, you see a lot of models um, with shaved heads and it's, it's pretty interesting how things change. So I would say now is the a better time, the best time ever to get into modeling and to not have to worry about what you look like. You just got to own your look and you got to build that portfolio to, to show your strengths and your diversity. Something that you said that I love, and I actually remember this moment too, from, from, I think we were meeting up somewhere and you said to me, I shaved my head and I found myself, like I found a part of myself. I remember that moment. And I I just want to go back to that because I have known you for quite a while and I've seen this journey that you've been on. And it's been really inspiring to me to see how you have continued to discover yourself and also say yes to all these parts of yourself that you were discovering along the way. There was a lot of compassion. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of exploration. And, um, and you said it again today. I thought it was so cool the way you said that. I shaved my head and there I was. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, about how that fits in with other people as they're on that their own journey of self-discovery in both acting and modeling, right? Like where do I, how do I embrace who I am? Um, Jen and I often talk to a lot of people and a lot of actors and they always say to us, you know, it, I started booking when I started bringing myself to the role. 
And so my question for you, I guess, is how do you bring, how do you find yourself? Like, what are some of the things that you can do as a person to start discovering this and embracing who you are like this? And, um, and, and how does that lead to like your brand, for example, in the industry? That's a great question and a super important one because outside of the industry, you have to face those questions every day. You know, I talk to so many models and I, I do runway boot camps where I teach people how to walk. And I actually had a realtor take the class once who has no interest in modeling. And I realized it's such a confidence thing to, to step into a room with your shoulders back, your head held high. So, you know, it really, I, I would say from a spiritual perspective, it starts within, of course, right? You've got to connect with yourself, having a spiritual practice, whether it's meditation, silence, prayer, whatever your, your thing is, you need to connect with yourself and, and love yourself as you are. The world is going to tell us how we should change. We're going to tell ourselves, you may want to change. You may want your body to look different and that's okay, but you have to embrace where you are right now. And I would say, kind of a hack to get to the internal is the external. I mean, for me, I shaved my head. I changed my look. Maybe you're just tired of having brown hair and you want to go blonde, or maybe you've been blonde your whole life and you want to go red. Maybe, you know, you want to try something different. You want to get a tattoo. You want to get a piercing. I think fashion in general, not just like your body modifications, but fashion is such an important piece to feeling you. If you walk into a room and you've got some kick-ass fit on that you just feel so cool in and just badass and ready to take on the day, that is going to shift your mood. Like that is going to put you on a level of like, no one can take me down because I know I look awesome. And I know that there's no shortage. Well, there might be a shortage of stylists in LA, <laughs> but there are stylists out there and they would be more than happy to partner with you to, you know, dress you for important things. You know, it's all about giving back to people, I think, ultimately when you're making a partnership. But even just getting a stylist to like pick something out for you. And if you don't have that sense yourself, fashion can really be that conduit to finding yourself because at the end of the day, we're all, we all look in the mirror, whether metaphorically or physically. And I think that that's where we're gonna find confidence is when we, we look good, we're gonna feel good. And then when we feel good, we're going to look good because that's going to translate. I want to just piggyback very quickly on something that you said. I, I don't want to make this about me because obviously you are the person we're talking to today. Um, but I remember when I auditioned for graduate school and I had a costume and I had many, many auditions and they went miserably. My first audition, I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of people auditioning for these schools. I better sign up for more. The last <laughs> day was my audition for the University of Washington. And I remember thinking to myself, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down wearing something that feels like me. And I wore my red cowboy boots and some really cute like pants and this cute like kind of funky, you know, a little bohemian top. And I just was like, I had just sort of, I, I was sort of at the end of trying to be something that I didn't quite understand. And I was like, I just got to bring myself to the table now. If I'm going to go down, at least I'll be me. And I love what you're saying because it's so true. That is a wonderful way to bring yourself to, the, to, to, to life, basically, to be in life. Absolutely. I would say... It, and you can do it on a budget. You know, I'm really a big fan of thrifting at local stores. And 
I think if you go thrift someplace, give yourself two hours to just look through every single thing. That's the best way to thrift because you just have to do it. You have to look through everything and you'll find something that, that appeals to you that you like. I promise you it will happen. Put in your headphones, listen to your favorite music while you go do it. And, but you got to find a good thrift store. LA, there's a lot of good ones. Wherever you live, you want to find a place where like, affluent people ditch their clothes because then you're going to just find things. You don't want to pick something that is ratty. You know, you want to pick something that's decent quality. Um, but yeah, I think thrifting is a great way to do that if you have a low budget, because let's be honest, fashion can be expensive. I'd love to go back to what, when you were talking about the need to have a portfolio and then you, you know, use the analogy of actors needing to have reels. I think that's such a great point to make. Um, and I would add to that, you know, voice. I remember in the very beginning of my career, I had some voiceover connections and I definitely approached them too early, you know, before I really had anything to show. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more like from the modeling world, like what is expected if somebody wanted to get into the modeling world, what, what you would advise them to have before maybe even getting started? Absolutely. This is what I do pretty much for a living at this point. Um, I have eight models right now signed up for my mastermind program and I work with them privately to build their portfolios. And it really starts with like, there's, there's categories, right? So that's kind of, it's interesting because one of my, my brand identities is beyond all labels and definitions, which does happen to spell bald, but I think that a huge piece of that is is hard because in this industry, you have to fit into a category so someone can find you, right, through a casting profile or whatever. So there's categories in all of these things. And I think that with fashion, you know, usually I and modeling, I tell everyone, you really want to have commercial, you need to get print, you need to have high fashion, beauty, athletic is good, although athletic can be its own category and you can get pigeonholed into that. Um, in a, in a separate thing, but fit is always good. Cause I mean, I've had so many auditions for like orange theory or Brooks running shoes, things like that. So you want to have that in your book as well. But I think the same goes for actors with reels. Like I've, I've talked to really beginning actors as well. And I've said, look, you may not have actual footage from anything. You may have zero, but you can create that footage. You can go out, you can put on an outfit, you could get on a background and you can act out a scene even by yourself, but pretending you're talking to someone. And when you do that, you need to go, go jog for a scene and like do a scene where you're in your headphones jogging towards camera and, you know, thinking about something like, and make that part of your reel. So people can see your body, you know, you want to showcase all the best parts of yourself. So don't, you know, don't do the angles that you're uncomfortable with, like show yourself in the best light, but you want to show different sides, show yourself in a real getting angry, you know, having that emotion um, and show it in a, in the subtle ways. Every single casting that I get, they always have some kind of note in the self tape. Do not overplay this subtle, be subtle. And that's something I learned from Camille as well. Like you don't need to, we did this exercise about, I remember this vividly and I talk about it all the time. You get those directors that are like, be sexy, right? Be sexy. And Camille was like, what the heck does sexy mean? Like, what is that? You know, where do you, what do you do? You turn it on? Like you just start acting strange and sexual. No, it, it comes from some, an attraction. So we did the exercise of thinking 
of a person in front of us that made us feel sexy. Somebody in our life or like somebody that we are interested in um, and made that the connection. So I think when it comes to reels and, and diversifying yourself and, and showing different um, ranges of acting, sadness and everything, it has to come from a place of not what does sad look like in the mirror? No, what makes you sad? You know, what um, is something that, you know, makes you upset? Like, and, and you don't have to necessarily go there, like, and get really dark with it. I definitely have actors that I know that were more method with things. Um, you don't need to do that. You can manufacture those things. So come from a place of like, what would make my character sad? You don't need to, as one of my friends did a show and she tormented herself every single night thinking of her mom's death. And I think that's super, it's super unhealthy. Right. Um, and Camille and I joked cause I won't, I won't say where and when, but like some actors were doing a show that involved people who were Coke addicts and they went and did Coke to oh. learn how to do it. And Camille, I remember we were just oh like, no, that is not acting. You yeah. do not do that. You, you know, are you playing a murder? You're going to just go try it out. I don't think so. <laughs> so I think it has to come from a place of, of really that thought process. But yeah, when, it, when you're creating your reels, you can make that into anything. Or if you have a bunch of footage, don't put the same footage in there. You may get cast for the same part. That's, that's how it works. You have a type. So you need to show differences in that type. And that's the same thing with modeling portfolios and showing your commercial side, showing high fashion. Those are very different looks. Um, although we are seeing more commercial mixed with high fashion. So yeah, it's, it's all about your take on it, but just showing that range is so important. I like how you said that people need to, to put you in a category. I think, I think it can be really hard for new actors, especially actors who are, you know, have done a lot of shows like, like you, um, to be like, well, I don't want to fit into a type. Like, why do I, why do I have to, this doesn't feel like I'm getting to act anymore. Um, can you talk a little bit about the freedom of being in a category and how that can actually help you creatively? Absolutely. Um, my favorite category for sure right now is trans non-binary because that's so true to who I am. And I've been so lucky in my career to get some amazing jobs be, that really highlight, you know, I don't sell out. That's just my biggest thing. And I, I don't judge anybody who does anything um, unless it's hurting other people. But I've turned down a lot of work. I turned down um, a licensing deal with Lucky Strike uh, that were just going to be taken from some photos that a wonderful photographer and I did one day. And I just, my brand isn't about promoting um, tobacco and alcohol. I don't judge anyone who does it, but I don't certainly want to encourage someone who's struggling with it to do it. So I think it's so powerful to be able to say no to money and have that not be um, the thing that, that draws you towards something. But um, yeah, I think I've been able to be authentic in a lot of roles because that category has existed for me and it's existed more recently and I've gotten so much work because of it. So leaning into the categories is really important. Um, I also get a lot of jobs. I, I did, I went through all my submissions and I categorized every single thing, what, you know, casting directors it was, where it was, what the role name was, uh, you know, every single thing I could and I broke it down and I started seeing some themes like Dina Buglione. Love you so much. She always puts me into projects. I see her all the time. And, you know, you just sort of I actually didn't realize in L.A. how much people knew me 
until a couple years in and I was looking for a new agency and um, LA models, my agent reached out to them and they said, oh, Kimber doesn't have an agent. We just signed a bald model. We would have totally taken them. So don't underestimate yourself. Getting to know the casting directors, being in those categories can work, be, work to your advantage. I've had plenty of female categories, um, which is normally uncomfortable for me, but take it, you know, take it and then bring your, your essence to it. Right. And, and for me, I'm more fluid so I can do male, female, non-binary, whatever it is. But a lot of times the categories are kind of just there because they want a certain look. So don't get tripped up on the category. Look at the substance of what it is. That's a great answer. We are sadly almost out of time, but I'd love to ask you about social media really quickly, if I could. Um, you know, different actors have different feelings about social media, different, different artists um, use it in different ways or don't use it at all. Um, some, some hate it, but use it begrudgingly. Some completely abstain. Uh, I'd just love to know your take on social media, your relationship to social media. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, it's a love-hate relationship, I think, for many of us, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. we know that there's so much power in it. Um, us, I think just video, 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 right? We all know this. Video on Instagram, reels, like pay attention. I, I, I follow a lot of great content about it, but pay attention to your audience. What are they asking about? What do they care about? Talk to them. Talk to them about what they feel. Um, I pretty much use Instagram every single day. I'm in my DMs running my business. I haven't posted on Instagram on my page in maybe like six months. I, I, I like haven't even looked at when I last posted because it stresses me out. But I've posted some reels and things. So I just want to be honest with people like, look, social media can be a lot. Like how many likes am I going to get? How many comments? Is it going to be embarrassing for me to do this? Like those are things to consider because I'm it's, it's a real world out there, pun intended. And people do judge you based on your numbers. And so sometimes maybe it may be better for you mental health wise, not to post. That's okay. It may be better to just interact with people in the comments and then like DM them and connect with them that way. That's kind of how I collaborate with people. I'll be like, Hey, I loved your stuff. Like, you know, engage with them and then hit them in the DMS and everything like that. I personally, prefer TikTok to Instagram. I love TikTok so much. I think people can be so much more real there and you can just be yourself. You can literally have trash in the background. In fact, that's shown to engage people more. If you have a crappy looking background or if you're in your car, no makeup, it's it's very more authentic space. And I have about 6,000 followers on TikTok and like 46,000 on Instagram, but I would say my 6,000 on TikTok are way more authentic and I've gone viral there multiple times. I had a video hit 2.8 million views, which was crazy because I totally just (laughs) piggybacked on a, on a trend I'm not proud of, which was the Hailey Bieber and Kylie drama, but literally, and, and Selena, but literally you can you can piggyback on those things. You know, you can play it that way or you can just be authentic. I think overall social media needs to be recognized as it's a place where people are going to see you and it's a place where your clients are going to see you. Like that's the first place they're going to look. So I always tell my models, your portfolio is your Instagram. It is. And I, a really good person that I would say everyone should go look at is Ella Belinska. 
I think she has an incredible Instagram. There's so many cool things that she does, projects. There's personal. Like, she really mixes it up well. I think you need to show all that. My Instagram's a little static. It's pretty much all, like, photo and like portfolio looking, but I know that my clients are gonna see all my different photos and I really have it for that. So I think it's just about what do you need social media to do for you? And that's really what it comes down to. Don't let it control you, it can consume you, we all know this. If you need a social media break, tell people that you're working with that you're taking a break, but take that break, you know? Like I think we all recognize how it can be a full-time job if you let it and I think you need to have those boundaries, but. Um, it's also a huge tool that you can utilize and leverage for sure. I love everything you're saying. And I, I want to just say this before we ask you our last question of, of the, of the day, but um, it all goes back to really understanding who you are and your why, like just going back to, you've said authentic so many times, and this is such a reflection of who you are as a person and I'm fortunate enough to know you as a person, but to know that you've always strived to find that authenticity. Um, and I would also say, as people are listening to this, it's translating authenticity to, okay, who am I? What do I want? What makes me feel good? What is my value system? What am I going to say yes to? What am I going to say no to? And what are all the categories in between? And to be open to those categories, because sometimes you don't know what's going to be presented to you. Most of the time, you don't know what's going to come up to you in this kind of a career. And to be open to kind of not knowing how you're going to feel about things as they come along. Um, so I just, I really appreciate everything that you said around all of that. And I'd love to know, what is an LAism? I'm going to do everyone a favor on this one and talk about driving. Okay. So <laughs> we all have to get to auditions. Okay. There's always traffic, right? <laughs> Let's talk about streamlining this. So you have five to six lanes, maybe more. Okay. Sometimes the exits are on the right. Sometimes they're on the left, but overall we're looking at fast lanes on the left, slow lanes on the right. Okay. It's really slow lanes in the middle. Cause you want to leave the right lanes for merging. But if you're in the fast lane on the left, you better be going 80 plus. Like that's pretty much it. I don't want to advocate for speeding, but if you don't want to speed, get over because people are trying to get through. Um, so really that flow of traffic, it's such an LAism that, you know, you can cut people off, but don't make them break. Like get around them, but don't make them break. Keep that flow of traffic going. If you change less lanes, you kind of just stick in, in one lane, like you can definitely make it work. Um, but yeah, I think that, Gridlock is just a thing that you have to to work with. And so if you can flow with everybody, uh, I think it's things just get better. But it's kind of that LAism that like, yeah, we're all trying to get somewhere. And if you're in the fast lane, <laughs> don't go 60 miles an hour. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, learning to drive in LA is is a definitely a feat and something something that takes some time but yes i i completely agree with you um that is a great that is a great thing to end on and kimber thank you so much for being with us i learned so much about especially about the modeling world so much i didn't know and i think really this is going to be so helpful to so many actors that have you know wondered about it so thank you for coming on and and sharing all your knowledge with us you're so welcome. This has been great. And I can't wait to uh, connect with you guys again and listen to more episodes. Oh, we can't, we can't wait to. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so welcome. 
If you enjoyed learning today from Kimber, you will definitely want to check out the Speak LA membership where professional casting directors, agents, and top tier teachers come on as guest artists every month to work directly with our Speak LA members. This episode of Speak LA the podcast was sponsored by Actress Connection. Actress Connection offers free resources, including valuable online programs. For more information, go to actressconnection.com and sign up for their e-blast today. Our sound engineer is the very talented Dan Leonard of homevoiceoverstudio.com. My name is Jen Jostin. And I'm Camille Thornton-Alson, and we are the founders of Speak LA. You can find us at ispeakla.com. See you next time. See you later.